very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another amazing episode of Growing Dentist. Today, I'm super excited because I have with me um, one of the experts I have a lot of respect for because he kind of, like me, didn't start out in dentistry. He kind of stumbled into dentistry almost by accident, trying to help a neighbor slash friend who happens to be his dentist. And his name is John Cotton. And the name of his business is Dental Team Performance. Hello, John. Welcome to another great episode of Growing Dentist. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you, Naren. It's a pleasure to be with you and a pleasure to share a few insights that uh, we've seen occur in the last eight years. Yeah, I'm just wondering, why don't we start with that story you you and I were just kind of quickly chatting about as to how you got into this, you know. I think that's <laughs> a great place for people to get to know you a little bit. Well, I've told this story many, many times, and it's a, the uh, uh, introduction to my book, which is titled How to, how to Grow Your Dental Practice in the New Economy, uh, which, by the way, is available on uh, Amazon or on our website. Um my next-door neighbor actually bought my house, and I moved next door, which makes the story even a bit funnier. Um, and he's he he was my dentist and still is my dentist and probably one of the nicest people that is on the planet Earth. Uh, and so in the fall of 2008, we happened to bump into each other uh, as we were milling around in our backyards. Uh, frankly, both of us were working on our honeydew list. And uh, any husband on this call will know exactly what I'm talking about. And we laughed about that for a moment. And he said, John, could I ask you a couple of business questions? I said, sure. Um, and at the time, our niche industry was community banks. We've also served over a 1,000 financial advisors from a consulting perspective and helping them grow their businesses. Uh, and so I was not looking for another niche industry and had no thought about that as Kevin uh, w was discussing his issues. And the bottom line is he's a, he's a, a fee-for-service practice in a, in a, a very respectable zip code, uh, not missing any meals, so to speak. In other words, his production collections were, according to him, okay. Um, I mean, I know his lifestyle, so it couldn't be bad. Uh, and, and he was essentially just saying, look, my practice is, it has, has become stagnant. There's, there's just no growth in the last year or so, especially during this recession. And I'm worried. And I'm, I'm looking for uh, how we can get out of this funk. And, and, I, and, you know, of course, I know all of his team members by name, and they know me because I've been going there for 10 or 15 years. And um, so I, I said, well, Kevin, I, I mean, I don't. Just no, to, no, that pardon. Just, just to set the context for our audience, you are not a dummy, right? You are helping at the time community banks, and you are helping right. them grow their business. So you already had a very successful business, kind of doing helping banks who are very, yeah. you know, sophisticated right. organizations grow their business. Right. Well, 350 community bank clients and about 1,200 financial advisors in 44 states. So, yeah, we've covered it cover the United States from coast to coast with two different niche industries. And so that's our expertise. We're endorsed by eight different bank associations and one primary investment broker dealer. So uh, obviously we had done something right or we wouldn't continue to um, exactly. um, be, so be, be sought the, after. 
conversation with your buddy, your next-door neighbor, your dentist, and he's telling you that he's working really, really hard and things are not moving anywhere. Things are not going anywhere. Right. Yep. So then what happened? Well, uh, uh, you know, I said, look, I'd be happy to visit with you. I mean, again, he's a dear friend, and I was not in the, at that moment in time thinking about adding any more work because my team was scattering every Monday morning uh, to the airport, and we're all over the country doing our thing. And so looking for more work was not of interest and certainly not a small little company with six employees. Um, but he's my friend, and so I met him for lunch the next Friday, and we talked for a few minutes, and he showed me what he measured, and he was measuring 12 or 13 different things. And I said, okay, I, you know, it's October, and I can see the spreadsheet, and there's nine months of results already, so I'm, I'm staring at his business, um, which can't be all that complicated. Uh, being a patient, I kind of have a pretty good idea what goes on. And so... Um, um, you know, I asked him, I said, well, how, how do you improve this first column on the spreadsheet, which is new patients? And he said, well, I, you know, I, I don't know what we're doing to improve that number. And and we just went across the columns, and I got to the uh, fourth one, and it was, I think it was no-shows or cancellations. And I said, well, what do you and your team do to improve this particular thing that you measure? And he said, I, I don't know. And 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 I and I didn't get any yeses on on any of the columns or any any uh, definitive answers of how he was improving things. And I said, well, look, it's it's common sense. I mean, you just need to step back from the whole thing, Kevin, and 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 create a strategic plan that will encompass how you and your team are going to improve these things that you're measuring. And I said, I know your brother-in-law's your your CPA and. Uh, he is a, a partner in the largest CPA firm in the state. I know they're quite capable of helping you create a strategic plan. So, you know, call Tommy and have him come help you. Or um, I know you know a lot of dentists in town uh, and you're active in the Alabama Dental Association. So call some of your colleagues and find out who they have used for a consultant in the dental industry because surely um, there's bound to be someone that, uh, is a strategic planning expert. They certainly are in other industries. He said, "Okay." So we finished, and and that was it, uh, Naren. And and then at three o'clock that afternoon, he called me back and said he would not be doing the strategic planning thing because his brother-in-law was going to charge him twenty thousand dollars, and that was a shocker to me. Um, I'd never charged more than ten thousand dollars for the largest community bank that we ever dealt with, which was in Atlanta, and it had a, a billion dollars in assets and over a thousand employees. I just found that to be uh, obtrusive. So, I, guess what? I ended up doing a strategic plan for him. I mean, it was a no-brainer. Again, he's in nineteen hundred square feet. You got six employees and one owner. It can't be that difficult. And uh, delivered his strategic plan, and then he asked me how to implement it. And you know, here I sit again. I said, "All right, look, you know that I've been interested in this Invisalign for some time. So I tell you what, you give me the Invisalign, I'll implement your strategic plan." So we traded, we bartered, and right. off we go. And then it, by the end of 2009. Um, he had a record year by over $100,000 in collections. 
and he was ecstatic and started to uh, uh, suggest he, referring. He, he his, made hundred thousand extra in collections, right? Even though that was the worst, you know, year. This is right, you know, the recession, right, in two thousand and nine. Yeah, he hadn't had. He, he was not having bad years. He was just stagnant. Um, uh, and, and so, yeah, he had a. It, it was it was a twelve point four percent increase in collections. I remember it distinctly. So that was two thousand eight. That practice today. Um, is a bit over a, a million four. They're up uh, over four hundred thousand in collections. And uh, a year and a half ago, he opened a second office. Right, right, right. You know, we were talking about you know the number thirteen, right? He had thirteen things he was measuring, and and, and you kind of made a comment that kind of stuck in my head, and you said. You know, one of the things is uh, being very detail-oriented people. Uh, typically, again, we're generalizing here. Dentists have long checklists and long number of things they're looking at, but eventually mm -hmm. it becomes so much that the team cannot focus on it, right? I mean, you're saying, you know, like most of us can't focus on more than a few things. So the fact that there's 13 things also is the problem. Well, yeah. You, you. I mean, let 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 let's look at it this way. Um, from the time the office opens in the morning until the time the office closes in the afternoon, the phone is ringing off the hook. There are patients checking in. There are patients checking out. There are patients uh, that are in for hygiene. There are patients in for emergencies. There are patients in for operatory. Um, you've got patients that need a treatment review. There are patients that need a financial estimate. And the phone's still ringing off the hook. There's still patients checking in and checking out. Uh, their patients looking for the bathroom. They're, it's just it, it's a it, it's almost controlled chaos during the day. So now, when do they have time to uh, make telephone calls for recare or recall or unscheduled treatment or confirm appointments? And even if with all the fancy new uh, technology out there today, with Revenue Well and other types of of, of uh, auto reminder systems, you still have to confirm appointments one way or the other. There's just so much going on. Then you got to buy the supplies. You got to figure out which company you're going to buy the supplies from. The doctor has to prove that. It's just an ongoing daily circle of 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 activity. And to grow a practice, there has to be focus. Uh, you can't focus on eight things or 10 things or 12 things. You just can't do it. You can measure it, but you can't have a dedicated strategic focus to get the numbers to go in the direction you want them to go. It's just not going to happen. There are only so many people doing it. When's the hygienist going to uh, help out with no-shows and cancellations and recall and unscheduled treatment? They aren't if they're supposed to you know, have their, their rooms uh, scheduled completely during the day. And then you're going to have your no-show. So, okay, now somebody's got a little bit of time. What are they supposed to do? Walk up to the front and grab a list and start making telephone calls? That's just a disaster. It's just a disaster. So there's no strategy. There's no well-thought-out plan. I've never, ever yet, having spoken all over the Southeast to thousands of attendees of uh, uh, state associations, districts, study groups, schools of dentistry, alumni associations. I've never met one dental practice 
that can reach in a drawer and pull out a well-thought-out, written, strategic plan that will achieve the goals that the dentist is trying to achieve, period, zero. Right. You know, let's just peel the onions a little bit. I just want to kind of, you know, be kind of the person who's standing next to you and seeing this happen. So let's take either your first client or maybe one of your later clients. I, I want to kind of go through what you did. Like, so you pick new patients. And of course, you have a lot more experience, so you don't need to tell me what you did eight, nine years ago. I want to tell me what you did recently. So one of the numbers, let's say you're focusing on is new patients, right? So step one is you help them you know, pick a few numbers to focus on. And then step two is you help them improve the numbers. It's not that rocket science, right? Of course, well, the way you do it. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah. There are we we don't just pick a few things. We pick the things that are going to have the biggest impact on production and collections. Right. Okay, so right. that may be new patients, but probably not. Uh, and and here's why: uh, where in a practice is the biggest production per patient? coming from it isn't coming from a new patient it isn't coming from a hygiene patient it's coming from an operatory patient so here's a clue go run your unscheduled treatment report for any practice and look at the last 12 months uh, whatever software they use and look at the the total amount of diagnosed dentistry that didn't get completed in the last 12 months. And invariably, let's just use a a simple example. A million dollar production practice is going to have 95% of the time 600 to a million dollars of unscheduled treatment. It was diagnosed, but it wasn't completed. And very few dentists even look at that report. Now, think of that. You've got a million-dollar practice that has another 600000 to a million dollars of production that was diagnosed, and nobody's paying attention to it. That should be a clue that there is a tremendous amount of dentistry that has already been diagnosed. The patient is already a patient of record. They already know you, like you, and trust you. But for some reason, they didn't get it done. And I would suggest to you, they didn't get it done because they didn't want it, not because they didn't need it. It was medically diagnosed. Sure, they need it, but they don't want it badly enough. So then that gets back to why not? Why do patients not want it? Invariably, the dentist or team members are going to say, well, they just can't afford it. Our fees are too high. It always goes, not always, the vast majority of time, Naren, it goes back to, well, they can't afford it. It's a cost. Well, that's not necessarily true because if you see the cars that pull up in the parking lot of the dental practice, they could afford those. And most automobiles nowadays cost $30,000 or more. So if, if someone wants something badly enough, they'll figure out how to pay for it. So this gets back to how do you how do you change the behaviors of patients to want to show up, not want to cancel, 
to a point as a new patient because the phone's ringing off the hook. So what's going to help them want to appoint to this particular practice? What's going to to help the patient want the dentistry that was diagnosed? Heck, if you only got 20% of the unscheduled treatment, let's say that we'll split the difference between 600,000 of unscheduled treatment and a million of unscheduled treatment. So that'd be 800,000. If you only got 20% of that, That'd be one hundred and sixty thousand dollars of production that just fall on your lap. Right. Makes sense. Absolutely. So and we're going to find we're going to find those three things or two or one, whatever the main things are that are the easiest to improve, the fastest, and have the biggest impact on production and collections. And every yeah. practice is different. Uh, we might look at, certainly we would look at case acceptance to completion because each each case production per patient is going to be somewhere between, let's just say, 1000 and $2,000 each. Well, if you only got two more of those per week, it's easy to do the math. That's eight more in a month at split the difference. I'm trying to do the math in my head here at $1,500. So eight times fifteen hundred would be what twelve thousand dollars per month. That's one hundred forty-four thousand per year. That's a no-brainer, and that's laying around in almost every single practice. As it relates to the new patients and no-shows and cancellations, you can't focus on all of those. You you have to focus on the main thing, and that is just fill the schedule. So now think of how simple this concept is. Just fill the schedule or vice versa, minimize open appointments, regardless of what caused them. Ask any dentist this, Dr. Alexander, do you really care whether you fill the schedule due to fewer no-shows, fewer cancellations, more new patients, better recare? better at unscheduled treatment, more referrals? Do you really care where they come from as long as it's the quality of patient that you're accustomed to? And the answer always is, no, I don't care. I said, then why don't we measure six different things? Why don't we just measure one thing? Fill the schedule. Right. And, and if that then becomes the key production driver or a key production driver, let the team do it. They know what to do. Here's the other big thing. Team members aren't self-motivated to do it. They, they're getting paid an hourly rate, maybe a salary sometimes, and they do their job. And they come in in the morning on time. They come to the team meeting, and they do their work. They take out the trash. They clean the instruments. They see patients. They answer the phone. All the things that they all do but they aren't self-motivated to perform. So that then becomes really the biggest issue. How do you create a performance mindset where they want to perform almost like you want your patients to behave differently? You want your patients to want to show up. Who's going to have that impact on them? The team members are more than the dentist because the team members outnumber the dentist typically six to one. 
they have relationships with patients that the dentist will never have. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm starting to get it. I'm starting to get it. Like, so you're saying the problem is all these complexities in the way. You start taking it away one by one by one. Well, actually, we take it away with a with a shovel and and just look. <laughs> you're you're shooting yourself in the foot here. You're working your kazoots off. You're 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 to your point, Naren. You're complicating it, and it's not yeah. complicated. It's all about people. It's about right. patients. They're the ones that vote. They decide if they're going to a point or not. They decide if they're going to show up or not. They decide if they're going to cancel or not. They are going to decide if they're going to accept treatment. But they've got another decision to make as it relates to treatment. They have to decide if they're going to schedule it. And there are plenty of patients that will accept it and schedule it but never show up for it. And then the dentist is not happy. Why did they cancel? Why do they not show up? Because they didn't want to. Right. So that four-letter word, W-A-N-T, want, is incredibly important. It's your job, really, at the end of the day, to create the want, the want of your team to want to perform and the want of your patients to want to show up, schedule, accept, and complete dentistry, period, end of story. That's it. That's it. Not these 13 metrics, not all this, you know, no. all this other nonsense. It's really... No, I mean, you, you need to measure that stuff. Don't get me wrong. You need to measure it, but it needs to be lumped into no more than three categories. And then you got to figure out how the team members will want to perform to those three key drivers, the three main things. And, 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 and so... That's then becomes part of the strategic plan. How is that going to happen with this particular team? And it can't be cookie cutter because Kevin's practice is is far different than the one that is about a nine iron away from his office. And then there's another one that's about a pitching wedge behind his office. Then there's an ortho practice two blocks down the street. And there's another ortho practice around the corner. I mean, this is in a small little uh, community, uh, which is affiliated with a, a population of the metro area of about a million people, there are 400 practices around here. Right. So it, in his direct market, though, he's not competing with them. He's he, he, he's competing in his own mind, so to speak. And he knows I'm talking about him. So it, I mean, he's, again, my dear friend. Uh, so that that's that's just the way it is and every practice is in that same boat you're com- you're competing with the mind of your team members and you're competing with the mind of your patients you got to figure out how to create that want and desire to do something the way that you want it to happen is it going to ever be perfect no but i'll tell you this kevin has had and i could i could rattle off other names all around the country from washington state to vermont to uh, Maine and Florida and Texas and all points in between. Kevin has had um, in in 2016 he had three months, three calendar months where he had zero end of day, end of month open doc appointments for the whole month, not a day wow. for the whole month, zero. 
Now that's perfect. On average, he's single digits, upper single digits per month. End of day. There are doctors that will listen to this call that will not, in any respect, believe that. But that happens over and over and over again. Why? Because their team members are performing to the key production drivers, the three, no more than three, and their patients are responding because the patients are getting what they, what they want. What do they want? They want to be appreciated. They want their time valued. They do want reasonable pricing at least in their mind, but most people aren't looking at the price of the debt. They, they, get, they flip their credit card or write a check, uh, and, and, they're, and they're done. Some do, but you don't run a business based off of the exceptions. You run a business based off of what's really no joke happening. Right. So each practice is different, although all practices do dentistry, whether it's a solo GP, a periodontist, an endodontist, or ortho, or whatever. Uh, you're all running a dental practice, but the difference is that the people are different. All of us have different fingerprints, so you can't walk in the door and assume that my cookie-cutter solution of training on, on telephone skills is going to be the real answer. Right. It's not because people in Birmingham, Alabama are different than they are in New York City. Right. People in Lower right. Alabama and Small Town, Alabama are different than they are in Birmingham. Right. Right. How do you make them want it? It's different. I mean, of course. That's correct. At, at a core level, it's, it's it's driven by you know the fact that we are humans and we behave in a certain way. But in terms of how do you apply to your practice, your team, your area, your you know your mm -hmm. services is different. Right. So I'll give you just a real real quick um, um, down and dirty strategic plan concept. So we figure out what the key production drivers are. And, and right. again, they could be very different in, in different practices, and, it, and there could not be uh, – in fact, the practice I'm going to see tomorrow north of uh, Atlanta is a, 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 a client that we served um, three years ago with one key production driver. And he called me a couple of weeks ago and said, John, we need to do a – just get get together and have a review session. I said, glad to do it. So we're going to visit with him tomorrow at lunch, and we've already had a few discussions about what the next key production driver is for him. So in his particular case, you know, there already were, when we did our original strategic plan, there were already three key production drivers, but he elected to implement one at first. I happened to see him a month or so ago at the Hinman, this big uh, eastern regional meeting in Atlanta, and he said, we're up 19% year over year since we initiated your strategic plan with case acceptance to completion. 19% in collections. And so now he's ready to look at the second best, easiest, fastest, and biggest production driver. And so that's the conversation we're going to have tomorrow. You, you just different practices need different things and need it at different times, or they want it at different times. Oh, so so I was going to give you just a real quick rundown of um, of, of um, kind of the detail behind the detail, um, or what's behind the curtain, so to speak, in in our strategic planning. Number one, we're going to know the measurement for the key production driver. 
the score because you can't prove the score if you don't know the score. So let's say it's case acceptance to completion. That's going to be the one, and I underline T-H-E, the one that's going to drive the most production the vast majority of the time because the value of each case is going to be worth a thousand bucks, give or take, as opposed to five or six or seven hundred for a new patient and maybe two hundred if you're lucky for a hygiene patient. All of it counts, don't get me wrong, but it's just a matter of where you're going to put your primary focus so that the team can get focused and get one thing done and get it done well and get results. So if we know the score, then the next thing is to figure out how we're going to improve it. And the way that we do that is to engage the team. Now, we engage the doctor, too, but remember, the team outnumbers the doctor. So if you want somebody to buy into something, don't show up with a written protocol in your hand and say, oh, okay, here we go, team. Here's your new protocol for case acceptance to completion. You know how far that will go, not very far. They, they will look at you like, who are you? Now, on the flip side, this gets back to how to build the want. You start with a blank piece of paper, and you start asking questions about how to create the best protocol so that patients will want the dentistry. That's the bottom line. Because if they want the dentistry more tomorrow than they did today, then you know that the production from operatory is going to go up. So we know the score, and now we build the protocol with the team and the doctor. Then we leave. Now, we do this on the telephone most of the time, but we've certainly done it in offices. Then we depart. And and we write the protocol based on the notes we've taken from what the team and the doctor said. We put it in writing. We get it back to the doctor and back to the team members to review and edit. More buy-in, more time to think about it. All this can happen literally in a week or so. And then we edit it again. And then we make sure everybody gets one more chance to look at it. So now what has happened is there is accountability from the team members to the doctor and vice versa. Now, the doctor has accountability because there's a written protocol. It wasn't just talked about and put some bullet points in place. It's well thought out based on their practice, their location, what they do, their history, their patient, their market, et cetera, et cetera. Right. How they feel. And that protocol, bam, is done. From the time a patient walks in the door, every single touch point, until they walk out that door, whether it's a profi patient, an emergency patient, a new patient, or an operatory patient. Every single touch point for every single example. Now, that's not to, mention, not to suggest that it's a 50-page document. Actually, it ends up being about four and a half. But now they've got a roadmap. Now they have a way to improve the score. Now, if there are any skills that need to be be improved or polished or what have you, fine, you can do that. Most often, it's nominal. So it doesn't require someone come in and spend a half a day, shut the practice down, and get out a three-ring binder and preach and teach to people on, frankly, 90% of what they already know. 
So if you eliminate that part or minimize that part, you're not going to you're going to put yourself in a position where your team members aren't going to push back. Lastly, reward. A reward for that particular key production driver. Now, would it be calculated based on growing production and collections? Sure. But the reward would not be about on production and collections. It would be about improving the score for that particular key production driver. Psychologically, it's, growth. It's, it's not about the number, it's about the growth. It, yeah, it's about the it's about improving the number of cases. It's because psychologically, there, there's a real problem with these production collection bonus programs. What is it telling when a doctor says, "Okay, when we hit, let's just pick a number. When our practice hits a hundred thousand dollars in collections, everybody's going to get a hundred dollars." Right. It says two things to the team member. One, okay, we get a hundred dollars. But really what we're doing is just lining the pockets of the dentist. Right. Because it's, it's, it's not getting down to their level. So if we can eliminate those objections that are just human nature, then we're in much better shape and have an opportunity to grow this particular number. We've provided the score, the protocol, the skills, and a reward, and frankly, just get the heck out of the way. Right. So how do you structure that incentive program the right way so it motivates them the right way? Well, I would never give up that secret on a on a on a call like this. I would tell you that it is built on um, um, the number of cases in this particular uh, example because we're talking about case acceptance to completion, not the production of cases, the number of cases the average number of cases. So we'll do an analysis. Usually we'll take the top three months of production for the prior 12 months and the top and the and the lowest three months. And we'll, we'll, we will do an analysis on the number of cases for those months. So we'll end up with an average number of, of cases, operatory cases, and then we will build multiple levels of incentives with an ROI for the dentist that is somewhere between 8 to 1 to, say, 14 to 1, 8 to 1 to 14 to 1. So the doc pays out a dollar in incentive for the entire team and earns $8 in collections. Right. That's an 800% ROI. I've never, ever had a doctor that said, I don't believe that's going to be enough because most of the production bonuses that are out there and the collection bonuses are at best a four-to-one return on investment. So we've intentionally built the ROI in this at double that amount, so we just don't have any pushback on it. Furthermore, it is the motivator. It is a self-motivator because the team can figure out in a hurry how they're going to make that baseline number go up. I already told you that you've got this unscheduled treatment amount sitting out there that's massive. So it's kind of a no-brainer. It's it's there. And you got the patients already coming in. So I don't have to worry about spending money for 
with all due respect, for to get more new patients or more referrals or this or that. Yeah, that needs to be part of what the practice is doing, no question. But as it relates to case acceptance to completion, they're already scheduled to come back. You know, they're going to come back for their profi check and uh, or, or for their profi appointment. And as, a, as an example, uh, I have three crowns in my mouth that uh, I didn't break the tooth. It was detected when I went in to get my teeth cleaned. Right. So massive opportunities. I hope that helps, Niren. No, absolutely. I get it. So, I mean, from a conceptual level, what you're saying is, like, measuring the dollar amount is, is useless because they have no control over it. What they can control That's is right. the number, right? That's and exactly is, right. Right. Second is, um, you know, you have to structure it in a way where they see the benefit they're adding and they, and they, they benefit from it, as opposed to, well, mm-hmm. this big number and, you know, you get 100 bucks, I get 100,000. It just doesn't make any sense. So, mm-hmm. I mean... You are telling the. It, it's like there's a great uh, quote that I, you know, heard somewhere. I'm sure you've heard of it too. It's if you ask the wrong question, you're going to get the wrong answer. It doesn't matter how hard you ask it, how much you ask it, how you know how, you know how much you have put effort you put into it. Right. You will always get the wrong answer. The same way, right. if you have the wrong incentive plan, you know the wrong stuff. It doesn't matter how hard you try. It's, it's like you're going to, you know, it's like you have a map of New York and you are in Chicago and hey, you're going to get lost. Doesn't matter how how many times you try. No, you hit and the nail on the head. Is, yeah, you, you've, got, is, you've got to have the right key production drivers, so that has to be analyzed. We'll spend 30 hours uh, of our cumulative time in developing the plan because we do all the analysis. We are we can predict the growth of the practice when we're doing when we're creating the strategic plan, and. And, and invariably be very, very close to it or above. Of course, we're not going to predict a number that we don't think is, is legitimate, but we know the practice. We know the people. We know their numbers. We know their market. We know a lot of stuff about the practice. Our analysis is nowhere near what is happening, let's just say, from their CPA's perspective or from the typical trainer consultants that are just, you know, they've got their module training program that they're going to bring in. So their job is to sell their module. We don't have a product. All we have is a blank piece of paper. And we start from scratch and map it out and build it out. We've done this for 600 practices in 34 states and gotten pretty darn good at it. Wow. You know, I understand the other thing you mentioned, right, which is um, people are not monkeys. You don't need to make them repeat, you know, sentence one to sentence ten. They have brains. They know what the mm-hmm. problems are, right? Yep. So that's why you don't spend hours and hours and weeks and weeks mm-hmm. making them memorize stuff. You just get the garbage out of their way, clean their desks, get them focused yep. on the right stuff, uh, give them the right way to think, and then just let them go. You know, like almost like right. get rid of their shackles, right? That's right. And the other thing In that fact, I'm hearing from this is dentists do what they love. So it's not like they are carrying the load of six people, they're just doing their part. And all the six people are jumping in and carrying their load because you've got it of their shackles. You Because they want to. Exactly, because they want to. Not because to. they're and, told to. Not because they're told to. Not because some they, they were made to sit in a class for three days and memorize these things that they hate and they just stup- sound stupid to them. It's just because, you know, I, I get it. So it's a, I, I understand where you're going with this. I understand what you're trying to do. And I think it makes a ton of sense. And I, I think... Again, 
to the counterpoint, why do these other firms that are making you memorize stuff successful is because, like you said, dentists love details, right? I mean, that's why they have 14 metrics to begin with. So Mm -hmm. they kind of appeal to that detail-oriented nature of dentists, and they give them something really complicated. And and I guess some dentists say, oh, the more complicated and the more details, the better it is. And it's not true. That's right. In fact, I've got a call in six minutes with a practice in um, Canaan, Connecticut, and that's the first step in our strategic planning process. They found us on our website, um, uh, submitted a request for a telephone call. So first step is literally a 15-minute get-to-know-each-other telephone call to figure out if you know what, what they're doing, what they are trying to accomplish, and what they think is holding them back. And then at the end of that 15 minutes, if they want to take the next free step, then um, we'll email them a uh, two-page form to complete, which will take them about 15 minutes to do that. Um, they get that back to us, and then we schedule a 45-minute call. It's still free. And with that information, we can pretty much um, predict what the opportunities are, what the key production drivers will be. We don't guarantee that, of course, but we have a pretty darn good idea. And then at that point, uh, now that we've gone through three different uh, opportunities to get to know each other and understand uh, where we're all coming from, if the practice wants us to um, uh, undertake an engagement to uh, create their strategic plan, we charge a grand total of 850 bucks for the strategic plan. Um, and then we do all of that work, which takes us two or three weeks, and then we deliver the strategic plan either uh, online, on the telephone, or on-site. Uh, and if uh, there's something that we can do to help them uh, based on their key production drivers and uh, the knowledge and expertise that we have, then we'll share with them what that would be, and they can engage or not engage. That's amazing. What's the website they can go to to learn more? Uh, go to uh, why the three-letter word why, W-H-Y, and then D as in dental, T as in team, P as in performance.com. So it's whydtp.com. Whydtp.com. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And, um, yeah, I would love to have you back. And I was thinking of doing some Facebook Live events where we kind of do this live in front of an audience mm-hmm. and maybe mm-hmm. for that or for a podcast. I mean, that'd be fun. Think, yeah, that'd be awesome. That would be Thank fun. Thank you very much. Yeah. You you bet, Naren. Um, I apologize for having to go, but uh, I've got three minutes to get ready for this call, and so I better get going, and I don't want to keep our folks in Connecticut waiting. I thank yeah. you very much, and uh, let's connect again, and hopefully um, we can, between us, um, uh, find a way to help our constituents um, uh, grow their businesses, achieve their goals that they're looking to achieve serve their team members' interest, um, and certainly serve their patients' interest and desires and wants. And the way we look at that is it's a win-win-win, and um, that's fun to watch that happen. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, and the thing I love about what you're doing is you're getting rid of all that, you know, shackles. You're getting rid of, so it's almost like, 
you know, it's not like more work, it's less work. It's not like That's exactly enough. right. And, That's right. And, it's performing better instead of working harder. Exactly. Exactly. That makes a ton of sense. Thank you very much, John. I really enjoyed our conversation today, and I look forward to talking to you further. And once again, thank you, everyone, for listening to John Cotton with YDTP.com, which stands for Dental Team Performance, Inc. YDTP.com. What a pleasure, Naran. Thank you, sir. Take care. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful you day. You bet. You too. Bye-bye.